when I was young, I had two pair of leaves. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh-huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh-huh. While niggas flirt, I'm throwing tigers on my shirt and alligators. Uh-huh. You want to see the inside, huh? i see you later. They come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh-huh. Wow, why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place. Play your position. Uh-huh. They come my intuition. Uh-huh. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him while his friends watch it. That hoes clock it. Uh-huh. Here comes respect. His crew's your crew, or they might be next. Look at they man eye. Big man, they never try, so we roll with them. Uh, stole with them. I mean loyalty. Niggas bought me milks at lunch. The milks with chocolate. The cookies, butter crunch. 80 lunch. And I ain't have to be in school by 10 I then began to encounter With my counter parts Of how to burn the block apart Break it down into sections Drugs by these selections Some use pipes, others use injections Syringe sold separately Frank the deputy, quick to grab my Smith and Wesson Like my dick was missing To protect my position, my corner, my layer While we out here, say the hustler's prayer If the game shakes me or breaks me I hope it makes me a better man
And I ain't have to be in school by 10 I then began to encounter With my counter parts Of how to burn the block apart Break it down into sections Drugs by these selections Some use pipes, others use injections Syringe sold separately Frank the deputy, quick to grab my Smith and Wesson Like my dick was missing To protect my position, my corner, my layer While we out here, say the hustler's prayer If the game shakes me or breaks me I hope it makes me a better man
A nigga never been as broke as me. I like that. When I was young, I had two pair of leaves. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh -huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh -huh. While niggas flirt, I'm slowing tigers on my shirt. And alligators. Uh -huh. You wanna see the inside? Huh? I see you later. Here come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh -huh. Wow, why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place. Play your position. Uh -huh. Here come my intuition. Uh -huh. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him while his friends watch it. That hoes clock it. Uh -huh. Here comes respect. His crew's your crew, or they might be next. Look at they man eye. Big man, they never try. So we roll with them. Uh -huh. I stole with them. I mean loyalty. Niggas bought me milks at lunch. The milks with chocolate. The cookies, butter crunch. 88. I was wrong, I got my point across. They depicted me the boss. Of course, my orange box cut to make the world go round. Plus, I'm fucking bitches at my homegirls now. Start stacking, dabbled in crap, gun packing. Nickname Medina made the scene as my Ninas. From gym class to English, pass off for global. The only nigga with a mobile. All right. <laughs> What is going on, everybody? <laughs> what is going on, everybody? God damn is right. God damn is right. So, Logan, man, you got some energy drinks ready to go. And I can say the same for myself, man. Right, Sir K? Yeah, yeah. There we go. Love the enthusiasm. For my energy drinks thank you sir k hey, what is going there it is yeah what is going on everybody? what is going on everybody we are back with yet again another edition of the notorious seals podcast man this is episode 202 202 of the news man and what is going on everybody Let's see we got you guys in chat man what is going on pops Gotti, logan bell thank you guys for all being here man what the hell is going on everybody hello 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 how's everybody doing um and yeah man without any further ado man if this is your first time watching and you guys are here for the first time man if this is your first time watching and you guys do not know how the show works every monday we are on here with notorious unscripted and every friday we are on here at 4 p.m central with the news and for the Big five for AEW and the big five for WWE and some select shows like tomorrow, tomorrow night. Well, tomorrow morning, um, we will be live 10 a.m. Yes, you heard me correctly. 10 a.m. Central time. Uh, I figured the show's probably going to end around eight or seven. So we figured uh, we've. <laughs> We, we figured, um, we figured we're going to give you guys a little bit of time to wake up on the central time. So we're going to be live 10 AM, uh, live with the elimination chamber review. So yeah, man. But, um, if you guys did miss this past Monday's edition of unscripted, that is AEW, the Kings of killing momentum. We talked about a week of, uh, a week of Monday night raw, a week of AEW dynamite. 
Um, which actually, from what I can remember, was not the worst episode of AEW Dynamite, but of course, typical me and Sir K fashion. Um, in typical me and Sir K fashion, we went off on a tangent about how AEW um, kills people's momentum, and it was a great discussion. So, if you guys did miss that, that is episode 183 of Unscripted. Um, you guys can now watch that on all platforms. That is Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And if you want to see it first, join us right here live every Monday after Monday at Raw for Notorious Unscripted, man. Also, if this is your first time watching, guys have not got a chance to pick up some of the official Notorious Hills Podcast merchandise. You guys can now find this live on the merch shop. That is bonfire.com. Link is at the top of the description of this very video. You got the Chicago flag design, the uncrowned kings of the IWC, the Biggie inspired design. You got the base logo design, the Riddler-inspired IWC's best-kept secret design, the Notorious World Order shirt, the Grand Slam design, the Scratch logo, and the only community that matters. All eight of these beautiful designs, plus more, are available on the merch shop for you guys, man. That is bonfire.com. Link is at the top of the description of this very video. Also, if this is your first time watching, you guys do not know who we are here at the Notorious Hills Podcast. I am Johnny Mayhem, one half of the host of this very show. And as for the other half, we got my man Sir K here. How's it going, man? Going good, man. It's going good. Um, just been going, man. Been going good. And just waiting, man. Waiting for tomorrow. Waiting for next weekend, next Sunday. And just waiting for Mania at that point. But uh, yeah, man, I'm doing good. Like Durante always asks, how's life? How's the family? Life's good. Family's good. How is everyone? doing in the live chat man a lot of people logan bell Gotti. how you guys doing man and how's everyone doing in the replay how is and what about you bro how are you doing man i'm doing good so yeah man i'm doing good bro so um yes as Durante always asks i'm good family's good and what about you Durante? logan bell Gotti. how the hell are you guys man and yeah man yeah um Yes, I will be watching the Elimination Chamber live, so that's currently why I'm drinking my C4. Um, and yes, Logan, Logan, if Logan was a betting man, he would be correct because I have my C4 here. Um, I have my C4 here, and um, yeah, man, I am. Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Definitely, uh, definitely. Um, got to bed pretty late last night, got to bed pretty late last night, putting, uh, finishing up, um, you know, the prep, I guess for this episode, um, got to bed pretty late and then, um, and then, uh, uh, yeah. And then I had to wake up, um, kind of not early, but I, I didn't get much sleep basically. So got to drink me a C4, man. So today I'm rocking with. Cherry popsicle C four man, so hope, hoping it's gonna get me give me a little bit of a, give give me a burst to get through the day, and then after I have my dinner later tonight, I'll be fucking right out and right fucking back up at about three thirty in the morning to watch the elimination chamber, man. So I'm very excited. I'm very excited for it, man. Um, I I love I, I love international wrestling shows. Just doing like fucking weird shit like this. For wrestling shows is is uh very cool very cool i love doing it uh you know 
European fans have to do this stuff. Uh, 365. So if we had to do it one day out of the year, uh, that's cool with me. And like I said, I don't mind. Like I, I love getting up at like all weird times to watch wrestling. It's 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 something that's very fun, and it's something that I like. Trip that Triple H has done. So, um, t- yeah. Not so. Yes. So pretty much. So for Bell. So for Bell, she says Elimination Chamber comes on at 10 a.m. her time. So for us, so that so that 10 a.m. is usually what time shows in your area in the U.K. Uh, come on for us. So about 10 or 11. If it's WWE, I think their I think their Money in the Bank came on at like one o'clock or like yeah. two o'clock. So it was it was it was very nice, man. Which is weird because. All I'm sure they're on different different time zones, but All In came on at like 11 a.m., which was I don't know. Um, but fucking early. Yeah. Um. But, well, fucking Australia said, "Fucking hold my drink." Um. So. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, yeah. Logan. Logan says uh, to address the uh, NBA 2K. Uh, the WWE 2K. Um. The WWE 2K ratings, yes, they're absolutely awful. Um, oh, they make no goddamn sense. They never do. Yeah, really, really not, man. Um, yeah. Dang, dude. That's what's up. That's what's up, Gotti. That's yeah, awesome dude. to hear. That is awesome to hear. Um, uh, hey, dude. The whole reason we're here is because we didn't want to go to college. So no, no, no reason, no, no reason to, uh, no reason, um, no reason. Yeah, no, no, no reason for anybody to make fun of you, man. Again, the whole reason, the whole, the the whole reason I, um, the whole reason I fucking live behind this podcast is because, is because, uh, is because I didn't want to go to fucking college, man. So. Forget about school. Forget about school, man. Um, you didn't hear that from me, but actually, yeah, you did. Uh, but yeah, dude. So yes, totally, totally understand. And yes, bro, you uh in today's society, man, in today's world, you can absolutely succeed. Um, whatever your definition that's the first thing, whatever your definition of six uh, succeeding is, uh, which is different for everybody. So don't let anybody tell you what your success is, man, and uh um, you know, uh, don't let anybody tell you that, bro. And yes, in today's society, you can absolutely fucking succeed without going to college, man. Um, you know, it's, exactly. yeah, you're going to have people tell you so much stuff, bro. You're going to have people tell you so much. You're going to have people constantly try to tell you what they think is best for you, man. But you got to stand on business, bro. At the end of the day, man, it's sometimes it's so exhausting um, having people have <laughs> maybe, bro, maybe. Um, but, yeah, dude, you're going to along the way, bro. You're going to have so many people trying to tell you what's best for you, man. But at the end of the day, you only know what's best for you. And it's, it, sometimes it could be you know, demoralizing, bro, because you think what you're doing isn't right. You think you're doing the wrong shit, bro. But as, at the end of the day, bro, you, you know what's right, and you got to continue to tell yourself that, bro. So that's that's what fuels this podcast, man. That's what fuels me. Um, and, and, yeah, dude, so, yeah, that's that's it, bro. 
that's it. Um, yeah, man. Um, yeah. It's my words of encouragement on the day as I drink my C4. C Sir K, I'm not that bad. Not yet. It'll it'll be bad. <laughs> Trust me. I know. Yeah, teachers absolutely suck, man. Teachers absolutely fucking suck. Teachers absolutely so towards my later years of high school, um I mean, obviously you get bad teachers, bro, but towards my later years of high school, man, you just find the motherfuckers that are just so goddamn vile and just so ridiculous towards kids. Like it's insane to think how some people have a right to to teach uh, the children of the next generation it's absolutely fucking insane and that 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 just killed it for me now don't get me wrong i've had some amazing fucking teachers but god fucking damn dude towards the later half yeah teachers that i still keep in touch with to this day bro but towards the later half of my high school years man god fucking damn they really just they they, they make you hate school they make you fuck it, yeah. For that period of, for the for the period of time that you're in school, dude, they absolutely make you hate your life, and it's just, you know, uplift, bro, uplift. And you know, I always say this. We were just saying this for the Vince McMahon stuff, but dude, if you have a fucking platform and you choose to use it like a fucking dickhead, I mean, that's just that's just completely ridiculous to me, man. I mean, dude, you got a platform, bro. You got a platform to teach, to inspire, to learn. All that good stuff, man, and you choose to fucking make a complete ass out of yourself. Ridiculous. Bro. That's insane. I don't get those people, dude. Ridiculous. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it, man. And, yeah, that's... I completely, completely, completely understand, Bell. And absolutely, Gotti. Absolutely. You know you know where to find us. You know where to find us. Exactly. Yes. Um. Yeah, man. So... Yeah, 2020, 2030, golly. I always think about that when it comes to, like, WrestleManias. Like, you know how weird it's going to be when we're all, hopefully we all make it that long. Um, But, um, you know how weird it's going to be when we're, like, watching WrestleMania 70 fucking 5? And I'm going to be, like, and I'm probably going to be telling my children, like, yeah, my first WrestleMania was WrestleMania 23. And we're, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I completely, completely, completely understand, Bell. Completely under. Well, you know, yeah, I, yes, I, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. But you're the goat, so don't forget that. You really are. Yeah, don't forget that. Yeah, I. Um. All right, man. So enough about enough about ragging on these fucking teachers, man. Um. But, um. But, uh. Yeah, man. So we got a bunch of news here today for you guys, man. We got a bunch of news, uh, but we're going to start you guys off with some AEW news, man. We're going to start you guys off with some AEW news. So AEW has went out. Tony Khan has went. (laughs) Hopefully not. (laughs) Hopefully not. But um, so. Man, AEW has went out, and Tony Khan has dipped into his checkbook yet again, and has spent spent yeah spent some more money. Man, he spent some more money. Um, 
But who has he spent some money on, man? So, AEW has hired former WWE writer and three-time Emmy Award winner Jennifer Pepperman as vice president of content development. Pepperman will be working alongside Tony Khan to develop content for live TV after leaving WWE earlier this month. And this is the release that uh, they put out in regards to her signing. AEW announces Jennifer Pepperman as vice president uh, and a vice president of content development. Three-time daytime Emmy Award winner uh, will work alongside AEW and CEO and head of creative Tony Khan on development of content for live programming. February 21st, AEW CEO and uh, AEW CEO and head of creative. God fucking damn. Why have I read that twice? And I'm in the and I'm not even in the fucking first article yet or the first excerpt yet. Good Lord. Um, AEW CEO and head of creative Tony Khan announced that the award winning director and producer Jennifer Pepperman has joined AEW today as vice president of content development. Professional wrestling producer and senior writer since 2017, Pepperman was a prolific director and executive producer of, re- of, of renowned soap operas, including As the World Turns, One, One Life to Live, and Ever After. Uh, and Ever After, Pepperman has won three daytime Emmys for best directing across her career, bringing decades of experience in production and directing to AEW. Pepperman will work alongside CEO and head of creative Tony Khan in the development of content for AEW Dynamite uh, live on TBS every Wednesday and AEW Rampage on TNT every Friday and AEW Collision on, live on TNT every Saturday. Adding, um, adding Pepperman's brilliant mind to the AEW team opens opens the door for new exciting ideas and will help us. Uh, build upon the incredible stories currently what incredible stories currently developing <laughs> currently developing currently developing on the on the road to AEW revolution across our three weekly shows TBS and TNT and the effects to Jennifer's arrival in AEW uh, that will be felt for many years to come in uh, in the future Tony Khan said uh, we're thrilled to have welcomed her, and I look forward for her creativity and collaboration with our team across the board in what will be AEW's biggest year yet and beyond. And then obviously it's just, you know, the about AEW section at the bottom. Um. So... This woman is allegedly named in the lawsuit, which makes me nervous. Uh, yeah, I heard about that. Um, yeah. One of the wrestlers that was suing WWE for, like, racial profiling. And I remember hearing she was involved in that. Oh, wonderful. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, um, so. Speaking on this, bro. Um. So, I mean, this is my first time hearing about the lawsuit, so um, I'll give a, we'll wait, uh, we'll wait and see on that, but if, I mean, 
obviously that wouldn't be any good um if there's any truth to that but uh so if that's the case that's something but um speaking on this speaking on this um this uh this is a good move right uh Tony Khan is getting creative help Tony Khan is getting help in the creative department and in the content department and um I just hope um what she brings to the table is good but see a lot of things in AEW man a lot of things in AEW you 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 kind of have no choice but to give the will wait and see because you know look at I mean look at their talent you know you give a wait and see answer you know a lot of times with their talent you give a wait and see answer because on one end of the spectrum you get a Dean Ambrose coming into the company and he absolutely and he becomes John Moxley and he becomes you know fucking incredible then on the other hand you got Keith Lee right you got Keith Lee he's coming into AEW everybody's hype cuz he's coming into AEW and he does absolutely nothing so the answer i'm going to give is the answer i always give for AEW this will only be as good as they want it to be exactly this will only be as good as they want it to be man so jennifer if she is any good we don't fucking know uh yes she was a writer in wwe writers in wwe don't see the fucking light of day her content that she wrote could have been fucking fantastic it could have absolutely set the fucking world on fire but vince mcmahon Ripped the script up and fucking rewrote it himself because he didn't fucking like any of it. And we don't know what that is. It could have been the worst fucking trash ever, but it also could have been fucking fantastic. And my man Durante, bro, what the hell is going on, man? Yeet. What's up, man? How you doing? And yeah, I mean, with these type of AEW stories, it's really just a matter of time seeing how this actually goes. We'd have, we, we've had people in the past come back or come in the company and backstage for later roles. And nothing would change. So hopefully this time is different, man. But they know you, you can only wait and see. Exactly. And Jennifer Pepperman is a soap opera writer. We better get some motherfucking stories on this show. We better. Um, because, again... These soap opera writers, bro, you know, it's, it, it, with them, it's hit or miss. With them, it's hit or miss. It's, you know, I appreciate them taking risks, but sometimes, bro, their risks on WWE television absolutely fucking suck, right? And then again, we don't know. We don't know what ideas were hers. We don't know what ideas were, you know, uh, pretty much Vince McMahon ideas. So it, it's, it's, it's really good. You know, it, it seems, it seems like a formulaic answer, but that's really the only correct answer when it comes to this AEW stuff is you gotta just wait and see, because if Tony wants to use her to the best of her abilities, that's if she's any good, she could fucking suck again. We don't know. All we know is a lot of her ideas in WWE were probably fucking ripped up 30 minutes before fucking seven o'clock. Exactly. You know, so, so 
I mean, that's all we really know. But again, this will only be as good as AEW wants it to be. And then, like I said, then you got to throw in the factor, is she any fucking good in a professional wrestling space? Because she's won her Emmys in her television space. Is she any good in a wrestling space? We'll have to wait and see. Apparently, she's very good friends with Mercedes Monet. So I'm hoping that's maybe an indication as to some sort of talent that she's got there um uh and you know as as far as i i know um if it is you know the the racist uh script um story that was going around a while ago a lot of that stuff um and again i mean she had all the power in the world to say she didn't want to fucking write it but it probably would have costed her her job a lot of that stuff's probably vince mcmahon now that was a while ago, so, if she, I mean, if she was doing anything directly racist, I mean, obviously, that's fucking, you know, not welcomed anywhere, um, but, but, um, if, I mean, if, if it has, if it does have anything to do with scripts, then a lot of that stuff was probably Vince McMahon fed shit, so, that's one, that's one thing you do have to keep in mind as well, um, so, but I mean, we'll just have to wait and see on that, but, um, that's the other thing I've seen a lot of people saying, I, I, I seen a lot of people saying, you know, the, the Lana and, and Miro and Lashley stuff, that's another thing, dude, that is Vince McMahon to the brim, I mean, this, this guy loves these kind of wacky storylines, right, he, he loves these, uh, you know, I mean, in that case, she wrote a cucking angle, so that's, again, that's another thing we're going to have to wait and see on. If we see that kind of fucking weird shit in AEW, that's not the kind of stuff we're going to go for. But, you know, that is, a lot of these writers, um, a lot of these writers do have to put up with fucking weird stuff that Vince McMahon wants. Um, so, you know, that's obviously, uh, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see if we see it in AEW. But, um, if I'm going out on a limb, I'm going to say probably not, um, but yeah, I, 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 I really think that was, uh, I, in that case, I really think that is a, uh, a case of, uh, of Vince McMahon telling her what she wants. I want a cooking angle and she has no fucking choice, but to write it type thing. Um, because yeah, again, I mean, writer writers in WWE were there for show. I mean, dude, none of these, none of these fucking angles, um, uh, None of these angles on on TV in in the prime bad years for WWE were fucking written by a writer, and if they were, it was it was spoon fed to him by Vince McMahon. So, um, exactly. Uh, I think I think it's gonna be okay, man. Um, exactly. We are already seeing that in AEW before she even yep. stepped in with people like Ruby and them, anyway, and even Miro and um fucking cj perry when andrade was in the company they were kind of doing the same thing a little bit not as not as vince mcmahon as her yeah. and the, well ashley stuff was but i mean it was, they're still doing it again man so it's interesting um i'm hopeful um i'm hope i hope it's gonna be good i think she is gonna be good at her job and i hope that tony khan lets her be that's really what it boils down to in AEW is I know the individual is usually always good at their job. It's if Tony Khan 
remembers them and uses them. And I hope he does and uses her and that she can improve these shows, man. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that is that is something that that is something too that that does concern me is who in AEW's already doing shit like that. I mean, Jesus Christ, man, we asked for fucking stories and what do you do? You give us a fucking Ruby Soho dating angle? I'm sorry, bro, but Ruby Soho should be at the top of this fucking division by now. She's been in this company for 3 years. And you're just now putting her in a in in some sort of story, that and and it's a dating angle. And before that, it was a fucking outcast angle. I mean, when are you to put her in a fucking story that actually matters, dude? I mean, what the fuck are we doing, man? Um, so that's one thing that concerns me, man. And I I really hope she contributes um to what makes AEW good, and and not. This weird shit we've been seeing on AEW lately, man. But again, it's all going to be telling because, again, we really don't know if she's any fucking good, right? Because these writers, these writers don't don't see the time of day. Um, these writers don't see the time of day, man. But um, that's that's the first hurdle we have to get over, right? We got to fucking see if this chick is any good or not. Um. And if she is, hopefully she could bring some sort of positive impact to to AEW because, I mean, we need some fucking stories there. And I'm not asking for no weird shit, man. I'm asking for a legit... I'm asking for some fucking... some cinema, man. I'm asking for some cinema, but, um, you know, we've... Uh, <laughs> if we've seen anything... um. If we've seen anything on Twitter over the past couple days, uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Uh, has really amped up all these AEW fans um, and their um, their their uh, immense love for Google. Oh, I'm telling you, dude. Um, just Google it. You don't know who this person is. Oh, you're just a soap opera, Mark. Uh, what, are, what are they calling? I saw them calling it Malachi Black today. Laying on that fucking singles match after all these years. Yeah, against oh, yeah. Ryan Keith. Thanks. It's to appease the lore merchants. Or the what? lore marks. Yep. The lore marks? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what we are. Lore marks. Sorry, I like a story. And consistency and character. And all things this company... You know, got people hooked on it in in itself. But no. Because one thing about these current AEW fans that, that I wish they fucking realized. Y'all weren't the fans that started off with this company. Fans that started off with AEW were the disgruntled WWE fans. They, they weren't you. They weren't the New Japan marks and indie marks that just wanted fucking match after match. It was us. And guess what? You guys took it over. This ain't your company. It's ours. I want lore. Call me a lore merchant all you want. Yeah, I don't give a fuck what any kind of names they got for us, dude. Um, Real fans of AEW are fans that are disgruntled and disgusted with this company right now. Exactly. Those are the real AEW fans. Because PWG fans, and, and and this is one thing that I hope uh, Pepperman brings to the table, and it's honestly one thing I don't realize I don't understand why they didn't pick up a certain individual for because he talked about it, but see, 
WWE has always told stories, right? Whether they are Sami Zayn in the bloodline or Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin, they've always told stories, right? That was the fucking problem with WWE when AEW first started. They were telling stories, but they were the most illogical fucking just non-focused trash you've ever seen in your life. It was a story, but it made no sense. There was plot holes. There was a bunch of illogical booking decisions within the story. Half of the fucking story made no sense. Um, they, they sucked, right? What did people, what drove people to AEW in 2019 through early 2022? Reality-based storytelling. There was legitimacy. There was, um, uh, there was logic behind the storytelling. There was a reason why these two people were fighting. There was a reason why these two people hated each other. There was, there was a reason. There was a why for everything. And that's one of the most important things in professional wrestling is the why, right? You ask me nowadays why of anything. We just talked about this for the Undisputed Kingdom. Um, AEW likes to go out there and have these guys say they, they like mission statements, but they don't like to give a why for the mission statement. Like what, like I said, with the Undisputed Kingdom, Adam Cole, he wants this belt. He wants that belt. He wants this. Why? Why the fuck? Mm. Why does Roger Strong want a beef with Orange Cassidy? Why does he want the, the fucking international title? Why? So give me something. Orange Cassidy. It's as simple as or, Orange Cassidy is, is, the, is the embodiment of everything that's wrong with this company. That's a story. Exactly. And that's something legitimate to where half of your fans could say, oh, he's on to something here because... Maybe half of your fans feel that way. You know, he's just fucking matches, just match after match. I mean, you don't have to say that. Just say he's everything that's wrong with this company. Exactly. It's I mean, that simple. You can dive a little Even... deeper into it, sure, without obviously burying the guy, but what were you saying? Even the characterization of um, their factions, you know, best friends, um, you know, you know, United. I was going to say United fucking Kingdom again. Oh, I hate myself. Undisputed Kingdom. Fucking hell, I always do that. Maybe they don't like the best friends because they don't like... Just to them, that's not what a faction should be in a wrestling company. Yeah. And they want to prove to everybody what a real faction looks like. Something like that, maybe? Nope. They just want this belt. Why? Because the other belt is too busy with another storyline. That's it. That's the reason. <laughs> Yeah, um, stories getting dropped in AEW. Whatever happened to the acclaimed and the or the fucking bang bang scissor gang against the um against uh Undisputed Kingdom? Whatever happened to that? Whatever happened to the whole story of Orange Cassidy's second uh international title reign where he's fixated on the belt and he's just he's just absolutely fucking in love with it? Whatever happened to that? That's the kind of no shit that's happening in AEW now that made people drive away from WWE many years ago. You know what I mean? Um, Reality-based storytelling is what people loved in AEW. CM Punk and MJF. MJF was a bitter fan, you know, because CM Punk betrayed him. Um, 
uh, Darby Allen and CM Punk. You know, obviously that would, you know, that was a more of a friendly rivalry, but something that you know you can understand. Okay, CM Punk thinks Dar C CM Darby Allen reminds CM Punk of himself, right? Uh, CM Punk and Eddie Kingston. There's a gripe there. Notice a common theme in names in all those feuds. But even before those feuds, but even before CM Punk, let's let let's talk about it, bro. Um, uh, the elite, the elite, and the inner circle, the two biggest factions in AEW. You know, a power, a uh, fucking power struggle, right? Who's the top faction in AEW? The elite and Hangman Saga. I mean, let's be honest. That is what made everybody love, fall in love with AEW. I mean, come on. Oh. It, it, literally, it was it was that whole story. Reality based, reality based storytelling. You had a guy who was the jobber of the group, who was insecure about himself, about you know his, his talent, um, trying to prove to the rest of the members in in the group that he was worthy, and it dry and it ended up driving him insane. Um, and it ended up, and it also ended up driving him to being the best member of the group, you know, exactly. at, at a period in time. That is what made people fall in love with AEW. And I hope that is what she brings to the table. Um, and again, that is why I really don't understand why AEW never picked up a guy like, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, he talked about. Uh, starting his own promotion where it was going to be about reality-based storytelling. That's what made people fall in love with AEW in the fucking, from the get-go. So, exactly. you know. Real characters with a real connection. Yep. And, well, you know, sometimes a little too real. Real beef. And it was great. <laughs> and it was phenomenal, man. And I, AEW just lost that completely. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Um, yeah, it's it's something that is uh, sorely missed in AEW, and I hope we can get back that ounce of of of, of cinema uh, back to the company that at one point it fucking was. But I will say this, I will say this. Uh, even in WWE, you know what I mean? Like, even in WWE, man, they they've done a great job at it. They've done a great job at it. It's still, you know, I mean, it's still yeah, good. Perfect. You know, with guys like The Rock. But I will say, man, people just love, you know, when you use people from when you. The Rock feels shoehorned into all of this. Uh, but he when does. WWE he was really at it was at its best. The Rock is like shoehorning his own cinema here. But when WWE was at its absolute best, I'm not saying they fell off or anything. But when WWE was at its absolute best was when they were using guys that. People had known, but had never seen the time of day, like a Sami Zayn, you know, and they just exactly. absolutely made him into a fucking megastar with that storyline. Um, you know, and that's the kind of stuff people want to see. But again, uh, and Sarkay says this all the time, but a, a big chunk of the reason on what's killing the company is the fucking the fan base. Oh, How do yeah. How do you have a guy like O'Shea Jackson Jr. go out there and say, you know, AEW needs to cinema their product up? Uh, they need to to cinema their product up. And um, you got fans coming at him, fucking telling him that his dad should have pulled out. I mean, what the fuck? 
What do you mean? I mean, <laughs> over, over, over wrestling product? That's what, like, like, what are you doing, man? And, like, these fans just, it really is the fans that are one of the biggest ruiners of AEW because, they, first of all, they took the company over and they act like they were the ones that were fans the whole time. Like, dog, y'all weren't here at the start of this company. Y'all were so watching New Japan. Or uh, PWG or whatever. Like, what was that tweet you were reading the other night, Johnny? It was something about how, like, this dude on Twitter was tweeting about how he wants Tony Khan to book AEW like a super PWG or some shit. Like, what? And that's what a lot of these fans want. Just a super indie. And guess what? AEW was that at the start, and it was great. Now it's just an indie. <laughs> it's what it's turning into. Yeah, yeah the, the tweet was something about how... They don't need to tell stories and be because they they would be too much like WWE. They need to continue being the super PWG in New Japan. It was something along those lines. They were never that man. They were a more India um, indie version of WWE. They would they were everything good about the sports entertainment side and everything good about the, you know the independent side. And they mixed it together, and it was phenomenal. And then the one bled into way too much into the other, and now we almost have none of the WWE side. I hate to break it to you, but WWE does great. It's the reason the business is what it is today. It's the reason it's this interesting. It's the reason it's here, and we all care about it for the most part, for most of everybody. Like, most fans don't want to watch some random guy in New Japan have 30 matches in a week. I don't. I don't have time for that. I'm not just gonna sit watch a screen of matches for hours on end. I want, I want, I want like fucking food with some sides. You know, I don't want to just eat a steak. I want a side of potatoes. I want some some a one sauce. I, I just don't want an unseasoned steak. Exactly. Exactly. Um. Yeah. Exactly, bro. And yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know, man. That's that's that's. That's what AEW, you know, um, uh, see, a lot of people used to say AEW was the super indie, but one thing me and Sarke used to like to say back in 2021 was, this feels like a super NXT, you know what I mean? And not because it was better than NXT, because it was on a bigger scale than NXT, because, and you know, NXT was in a smaller, more intimate venue, which, don't get me wrong, full sales goaded, but, um, you know... You, you know, obviously NXT wasn't on the road and in, you know, big arenas every week, but AEW was, you know what I mean? So, so it almost felt like, you know, a super NXT, not to, again, not to say it was not, not meaning it was better than NXT, but, but it was, uh, it was just on a bigger scale than NXT. And that's what people, because NXT had the best in-ring product in the world and they had the... Uh, the best storytelling in the world. And at the time, that's what AEW had. They had the best uh, in-ring product in the world, which, on, you know, when they want to, you know, they um, some may argue they still do. And that's a valid argument um, from an in-ring standpoint. But you absolutely can't tell me they have the best storytelling in the world because they don't. They don't. No, they, they really fucking don't. And, yeah, Logan, they, they, that's 100% to the New Japan yep. style. 
just doesn't work in American TV. It's cool when you get a little bit of it, just a tiny little bit a in a story-based. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. I love it when you get that little spring of it in, um, in the story-based company. That's when it's phenomenal. But when it's the whole thing, it fucking ruins it. It's not yeah. cool no more. It's, it's just special. lame. Exactly. You're getting too much of it. Way too fucking much of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly, dude. Uh, yeah. I mean, if if there was a if there was a WrestleMania, if there was a pay per view titled WrestleMania every month, how fucking special would WrestleMania in April feel? Not very special. Not exactly. You know? Special at all. Um. So again, and that's a topic. Uh, that's a really really good topic. Um. For our for our next piece of news. But yeah, man, that's the news about. Uh, <clears throat> Jen Pepperman being brought into AEW uh, as the head of content development. So hopefully they can develop this content to um, something reminiscent of what they used to do. And yeah, the New Japan style of, of booking does it doesn't work. Doesn't work, dude. People, you know, everybody likes to say WWE rotted our brains. No, WWE was doing it correct. Maybe not, maybe not all the time, but they, they had the vision. They, you know, always didn't, you know, go through with the vision half the time. It fucking sucked, but they storytelling what they do. They store, they tell stories. You know what I mean? They are, you know, that that's what they do. That is what they do, man. But again, when your fan base is coming out and giving legitimate complaints and what you have to tell him is that his father should have pulled out is absolutely what's everything that's fucking wrong with the fan base because they, they refuse to take criticism. They refuse to fucking take criticism. And Tony Khan seems like he doesn't really give a fuck either. So he needs to hurry up and take his fucking criticism too. Before half of his audience gets driven away, and the fans don't make it any better. They don't, dude. Um, And everything that O'Shea Jackson had said was absolutely correct. You cannot fucking tell me this guy won X, Y, and Z title, and I'm supposed to be like, Oh, he's gonna fucking face Kenny Omega on Dynamite. What? What? Like, what? <laughs> tell me who this guy is. Show me. Give me a video package. But even besides that, you don't need these fucking people. That's what we have a fucking pay-per-view called Forbidden Door for. You don't need these exactly. people on week-to-week -week television. Save them for Forbidden Door. You need auras. You need style. You need fucking atmosphere. You need someone to just... Did people, you know, back in NXT in 2016, 17, did most people know who Nakamura was? No. When he come out there, did you care? Yeah, because he was cool as shit. They presented him cool yep. and important. And look what they did. We'll talk about it on Monday, but look what they did on Wednesday um, this week. They had Wardlow go out there in the ring and actually cut a promo. And guess what? I listened to it, and I cared while I was watching. I was like, wow, this is cool. This is what I want to see. And then, you know, his garbage-ass theme song hit, and he walked away, and it kind of... Lost half of my attention right there, but... It's the best know, he's ever looked in a while. In a long time, since the yep. fucking... Since he split up for Max. And it's like... It's like, come on, man. You, it's not that, you know, oh, people need a video package to... First of all, it would be nice. I would, Not that I need it. I, would, I just love them. I think they're awesome. Um, I mean, Darby does it all the time, and it's 
it's always one of the most interesting things on a dynamite whenever yeah. we get one of those Darby ones. But um just make these people feel look and just again feel cool and important. Absolutely. Absolutely, bro. Um yeah, it 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 doesn't it it doesn't make sense, man. It it doesn't make sense. And and, and again, you know, they we so during the first forbidden door, it's almost like Tony Khan kind of took that and ran, took the took that baton and ran with it, right? Because everybody was like, everybody like we were on the on this podcast every week saying, you know, AEW's not telling any stories, but I'll give them the pass for forbidden door season because because uh, um, that's the whole point, you know? Yeah, because that's that's the point. That's a dream match. Now I'm not giving them. That idea, because you got these guys on your weekly television so much, you can plant seeds, and it's like, dude, again, that I don't. There should be no, not one, not fucking one. Promotion versus promotion match or forbidden door type match, because you have a pay per view for that. Save all those matches for then, and then if you save those matches for then. Then all the other ideas, like for example, if you have Vikingo, right? Let's say Vikingo hasn't wrestled a single match on Dynam or on on AEW. Period. You say, I want a Kenny Omega match for Forbidden Door. You do your Kenny Omega match at Forbidden Door. Now let's say you go, okay, now on Dynamite in a couple months, I want Vikingo versus Jay White. Now I want him versus Hangman. Now I want him versus Bucks. Now I want him versus fucking Sting. All this shit in the span of four months. Now what do you have for the next Forbidden Door? Save those ideas and do them, you know, so you have ideas saved up for fucking five years for Vikingo matches on Forbidden Door. See what I mean? Sometimes it's better not to do the dream match because guess what? People always want it. And you throw that possibility of it in there, people will stay tuned just in case. Look at, at the end of the day, so, mm-hmm. Look at Sting vs. Undertaker. Exactly. Never happened. No, and it's one of the like coolest what ifs ever. Because you could just imagine um, what it could have been like both of them, you know, in their prime or older versions, and you can imagine any version of it. But if we got it, the only version of the of it we could imagine was the one we got. What if it wasn't all that well? Because at the time it was a possibility, it probably wouldn't have been. Probably wouldn't have been. body. Yeah. You know, the Taker's body was cooked at that point. But, like, sometimes things are better as a what-if, and sometimes you got to keep it in your back pocket just in case. What if, what if you get a random episode of Dynamite where half the roster can't make it because of travel issues or a bunch of sicknesses? or Sometimes that happens. It's happened with Raw, SmackDown, I think even Dynamite 4 where a lot of people just can't make it just because fucking circumstance. You gotta keep those in your back pocket just in case. Definitely, man. Definitely. So, I don't know, man, but... So, yeah, that is the news on AEW hiring a talent development, um, a president of uh, content development, not talent development, a president of um, content development, and that is Jen Pepperman, who we brought to you last week, had uh, left WWE. Um, speaking of Forbidden Door, um, it is being reported, uh, by, 
uh, Andrew Zarian that this year's Forbidden Door pay-per-view will take place from Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens, New York City in June. Um, This is real cool. This is really cool. Uh, I, I like the idea of them actually going to Arthur Ashe for something other than Grand Slam, and it's got to be cool for those fans over there. Um... Now, will they still get Grand Slam? Probably, because Tony loves his traditions. But I'm glad he's giving those New York fans something else other than the same fucking show in September every year, which is a show that progressively gets worse. Um, The first Grand Slam, compared to Grand Slam last year, fucking night and day in terms of uh, excitement for the show. The first one was epic. Um... Uh, but yes, so AEW will be bringing Forbidden Door, or as we like to call it, the Bedroom Door, to Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York. And it is the Bedroom Door, because you fucking walk through it like 30 fucking times a day. So Exactly, and it's not special anymore. Um, I really don't know what they're going to do this year, because Okada's not in New Japan, um, Jay White's not in New Japan, fucking... So many people are not in New Japan anymore that we actually cared about. I don't get it, man. Um, and please, for the love of God, do not put CML in fucking Forbidden Door. And I, I care about even I care about them even less than I care about the New Japan people I don't care about. But um, it's going to be interesting. I like the stadium. I like that they're doing a pay-per-view somewhere else. And I hope that continues for every fucking pay-per-view, but it won't. Um, I think... He, it's already been confirmed that Double or Nothing is in Las Vegas again this year. And we all know all, we're already getting all out in Chicago again. So it's going to be the same thing again this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently, too, I'm seeing now that uh, the original Mexican talent in AEW has been told that they can't appear on a show where CMLL guys wrestle as it was noted last week some aren't happy about it yeah, i remember i told you that was fake like a week ago it was last week i was gonna put it in the oh news. that was the one yeah okay never mind yeah, yeah that, that was, was the one you told me about okay um yeah 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 that, um rampage or whatever before they were they think like um one of them was on the show and then they were like well obviously then that's not true so yeah, from what I've seen, that yeah, that's people. Right. Um, yeah, uh, so Forbidden Door this year, bro. I mean, not just now, and they're lucky for this. Um, just now, you know, New Japan has gained two very, very interesting names from New Japan that I would love to see face off against some AEW guys. Um, Nick Nemeth and Matt Riddle. Those two. Uh, but other than that, you know, I mean, what do you... Again, to my point, you could have gave us a match like Swerve versus Tanahashi. But no, you had to go ahead and do that on a random fucking episode of Collision a month ago, or uh, a couple months back. I mean, what the fuck? You didn't think to save that for Forbidden Door? It's, dude, again, 
all this interpromotional shit we see on fucking Dynamite and Collision, you could have saved this for Forbidden Door. Like, this is quality Forbidden Door stuff. And it's like, dude, you, you have... You have so many interesting matchups that you've just given up on Collision or Dynamite. And it's like, dude, you could have saved this. You could have fucking saved this shit. Um, for a show like Forbidden Door, it's like, what is this show going to be, man? I mean, we see, again, like we said last week, the door is not forbidden anymore. It's not. It's exactly it happens all the time even with each other and you know other companies tna and new japan all those it's not special for anybody no more it's it's the normal the only and time it was yeah the only time it was special is when we seen jordan grace pull up in the royal rumble because we don't see it in wwe it's forbidden in wwe like if we saw it normally in WWE, that normal moment would be like, "Oh, look, Jordan Grace," and yeah. that's, that's what I get for Forbidden Doors. Oh, look, blah blah blah. It's not special no more. Take it, take a year off Forbidden Door. Uh, take a year or two off, and then do it in the year after. You, you you gotta fucking you can't just do the same thing over and over and over again. Right. Yeah, you can't. You can't, dude. Because then again. You made a pay-per-view around this theme, and we get this fucking theme 365 days out of the year. So it's not a season anymore. It's a a fucking... It's a yearly thing. Ridiculous, bro. But I do like them bringing it to New York. Like Bell says, I don't really understand why we haven't gotten one in, uh, in Japan yet. But, okay. And... Yeah, uh, again, a lot of this Forbidden Door stuff is pretty much just going to be New Japan versus New Japan. Because fucking AEW signed half the New Japan guys. Uh, probably Okada, Mercedes, Jay White, Will Ospreay. Fucking, I mean, you, you get the point. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's uh, this Forbidden Door season is going to be uh this Forbidden Door season could very very much well be a uh, rant a rant littered Forbidden Door season. Um so there you go. And that that'll be interesting. Uh, so Nick Nemeth um I was listening to his talk as Jericho the other day and from what he said he's looking to sign small deals everywhere and kind of jump around to all these different promotions instead of just jumping into one he kind of wants to do everything he wants to you know the way he described it was you know rick flair in the territory days you know he would go from this territory to this territory and he would go all around so that's kind of what he wants to do from what i gathered um so i'm not really sure how long he's with tna but if he does have affiliation with New Japan, I would think that makes him eligible for Forbidden Door if he is working with New Japan. So, I don't think so. Yeah, and I mean, I would, I doubt TNA. I, I mean, then again, Scott Demore is gone, so I don't really know who's running this whole thing or how these people are. But um, if they didn't want to burn that bridge with him, they would let him do it for sure. I would think. I think so. I don't think they will. And it's smart on him for exploring options, bro. I mean, we uh, there's not two promotions in America, no. right? There's 
so much wow. in the world for this guy to do all these indies and look at what it's done for matt cardona this guy hasn't been with the major promote this guy hasn't been with any of the three major promotions in the u.s and he's fucking killing it i mean there is success out there if you want it you just gotta grind and i think he is and i think he will so all right man another AEW signing not jen pepperman but Queen Aminata. Uh, we've seen her a couple times on AEW television. Um, I'm assuming, you know, I'm I'm, I mean, I'm all right with this. This is in their women's division, so it does make, you know, a lot more sense to do it here. Uh, but, um, I mean, I mean, come on, bro. The whole time we've seen her is, is you know, just, she's basically just been a jobber. You know what I mean? But Queen Aminata has, has been uh, signed to AEW. I get they want to bulk up their women's division and stuff. And, you know, I, I get you need some lower tier talent. But, um, you know, again, every time you've presented her to us, she's been a jobber. You know, so it's it's going to be interesting to see. But, you know, I doubt, I doubt this signing goes anywhere. I really doubt so. I mean, it's another name uh, to their women's roster, which, which can be useful, man. Um so it's all right in a way, but like at the end of the day, they're just it's just another name that a bunch of fans tweeted at Tony to sign, so he did, and he's never going to use them. Same thing every time. Goddamn right. Um, speaking of TNA, TNA Wrestling has exercised its option to extend Josh Alexander for one more year. Um, this is interesting, man. It says they, they exercise their option. Isn't that usually the other way around? Uh, it goes both ways. Um, Josh Alexander is one of their higher end guys. I would think he would have got an option. So it's kind of fun. Usually the company gets an option if it's like a Brian Keith or something, you know what I mean? But for a Josh Alexander, it's kind of funny that they got an option because usually it's for, you know, for a higher end guy, for a higher end talent, um, usually they get the option. So it's kind of weird, but they did extend the option for Josh Alexander's contract. And he, um, looks like he's with TNA one more year, which, um, I just hope every everybody over there is happy, man, because I heard that the I'm hearing the talent is pretty outraged over there on uh, uh about the firing of Scott Demore, which I would fucking be too. So, oh yeah, I hear everyone because I heard I didn't read the story, but I heard it came out how much he wanted to buy the company for, and that like they rejected the deal. Yeah, and I'm like, dog. It's insane. They he, they should have just sold it to that man. Yes, he got they fired really for caring too much. It's insane. God damn. Yeah, that which is probably like one of the most petty thing. You've had so many people come along and absolutely fucking drive that company into the ground uh under so many different fucking aliases. Global fucking sport, global force, impact, global for and all these people fucking drove the company to the ground you get somebody around that finally cares and you fire him because he cares too much i mean what the fuck is that come on so 
Yeah, and I mean, you could just see the the just seething passion behind that man. Every time he got on a microphone and talked about TNA wrestling, I mean, that man fucking cared about that company. And 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 that's all you can ask for in a promoter. Um again, you could have got a guy that came along and was like, "Eh, it's fucking TNA. Who who really gives a fuck?" No. That man was legit. That man was standing on business with that company and they fucking fired him for it. One of the most petty, ridiculous things I've ever fucking heard in my entire life. Um, more, uh, so, um, before we get on to the WWE news, we got a little bit of indie news, man. And this news makes me very, very happy. Patrick Clark. Patrick Clark, formerly known as the Velveteen Dream, made his pro wrestling return at last night's Dynasty Wrestling event in New York he defeated Alec Odin in the main event, marking his first wrestling match in over three years. This man came out using the Velveteen Dream theme song. That's crazy. If I'm, if I'm a betting man, I'm going to say he got permission to use that. And again, because he's not going to want to... I, I doubt he's going to want to burn that bridge with WWE that he, you know, kind of has been trying to repair. Bro, I think, I honestly think they gave him permission to use it, um, which is very interesting. Uh, this, I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for him, man. Uh, you know, overcoming false accusations and something that um in the court of public opinion he's been guilty of dude but to overcome that and to you know become a better person out of it is so fucking inspiring man and it makes me so happy for patrick clark uh that he was able to you know overcome that stuff and 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 hopefully you know find a space find a space back in the professional wrestling uh, realm again and it's it's so inspiring and it's so awesome to see and i and i'm truly truly happy and and over the moon for him man it's it's really it's a really awesome thing it really is man um it's a really awesome thing to see and i hope that he uh i hope that he i hope that he makes the most out of it man and and, and truth be told man i hope we see him back in wwe soon i really do I hope so, man. Um, Clay's back. Clay's making, um, you know, remaking a name for himself and whatnot. And I hope it goes well, man. I hope he can make his way back and um, restart, man. I really want him to. Absolutely, man. He is um, just one of those talents that I just thought the world of. And I thought he just is just so so good he's so fucking good man and when all that stuff happened uh my my heart genuinely just 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 broke now obviously you know we didn't really know anything at the time but it broke for the the talent that that man possessed uh because um you know again in the in the court of the court of public opinion this man was guilty to everybody um uh but but you know for 
for all that for all that stuff to come out and, and be false and for him to to go out there and 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 show receipts um and, and legitimately clear his name is uh is something that you love man and it's another reason why I genuinely just can't stand cancel culture um and you know one one person says one thing and everybody fucking follows along as if it's factual information um and it's not uh but yeah, I'm I'm very happy he's getting a second chance and, and, and just like just like you, Logan, I really don't give a fuck what anybody has to say, man. Um I really don't give a fuck what anybody has to say. The people that hate Patrick Clark are the people that bow when Vince McMahon comes out and the people that fucking you know I mean that that that's those people. You know what I mean? Those, exactly. those are the same people that fucking hate Patrick Clark and he shouldn't get a second chance and I'd rather believe uh, fake accounts on Twitter that were reposting his um, his his uh, text messages or whatever. That, that's those people. Um, those are the people that bow at Vince McMahon. So it is what it is. And, and, and you know, obviously you're not going to make everybody happy, but, you know, everybody deserves a second chance. And if that shit is false, for the love of fucking God, give the guy a second chance. Um and it looks to be, bro, or at least it's not factual information. So, and investigations were held and nothing was fucking found, bro. So, I mean, for the love of God, I mean, who are, who the fuck are you not to fucking give, give the guy a second chance if that shit is fucking proven uh, false? I mean, for the love of God. So, I don't know, man, it's but insane. yeah, I'm happy to see him back. So, he has made his return um, as far as in independent uh promotion goes man so very very cool to see uh, speaking of somebody who probably won't be making a return brock lesnar brock lesnar is brock lesnar is in 2000 uh wwe 2k24 yes he is in 2k24 but you will not be able to play as him Multiple sources have told Insider Gaming that while it was too late to fully remove Lesnar from the game, the plan shifted to simply make him unplayable for play, uh, for players upon release. Despite him being unplayable, his character and game files are still in 2K24. This, mean, uh, this means there will be ways for those with the ability to get him to become playable. It will just take some work to make it happen via Mike Straw Media. Um my honest prediction, I think he'll be playable in the showcase because I think it's probably too yeah. late to take his matches out, but you won't be able to play as him in, you know, regular mode. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what we've been saying ever since this, you know, has been a thing. Um we mentioned that's how we think it's gonna well go. Yeah. You play him in showcase probably was too late. Like they said, it's way too deep in development to take those matches out. Um you can't play them nowhere else, man. So crazy to see, man. And just every time we talk about, you know, 2K or, you know, all this Brock stuff, it just it just goes to show, bro. Like it, it was Brock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and with that, um, according to uh 2K's um roster reveal, Vince McMahon was not listed as a part of the Ooh. uh as a part of the video game. So it looks like he has been removed as well. So it is absolutely hilarious to me that this guy is getting fucking Chris Benoit from his own company. 
wild wild world we live in but gotta pay that price man gotta pay that price so he wanted to do the crime now he's gotta now he's gotta do the time bro well not do the time well he probably won't do the time sadly uh pay the price he did the crime now he's gotta pay the price for it so that means getting uh blacklisted from his own company which is absolutely hilarious um so yeah, man, Brock and Vince, Brock and Vince have been, uh, looks like they have been pulled, not Brock, not fully, but sort of pulled from, uh, 2K24, man. So that is the news on, that is the news on those guys. Let's talk about Cody Rhodes, man. Let's talk about Cody Rhodes. So according to Res, uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter, these are how, these are how uh, I guess every this is how everything went down with uh, with Cody Rhodes in terms of now that we have everything fleshed out. Um, so this is how everything went, man. Uh, so according to the Wrestling Observer, Observer newsletter, Cody Rhodes was told he was facing Roman Reigns at WrestleMania in the fall. Uh, he was not told that The Rock was getting the match as a part of uh, The Rock's deal on January the third. So any interview he did about finishing the story prior to the Royal Rumble was the idea that he was definitely in the match. Rhodes was told the day of the Royal Rumble, The Rock was facing Reigns. Even though he was winning the Rumble, uh, he was told, he was told that he would, uh, that he would be going to, he was told that they would be going to Reigns against him, uh, against him later. What? He was also told that they would be going to Reigns against him late. I'm assuming they meant going to do Reigns against him later. Um, so all the post-match stuff uh, building wasn't there uh, wasn't there to swerve people as much as build to a later match. That is the dumbest. See what I mean when Triple H works best with the tools he actually has on his roster instead of shoehorning Rock? Into exactly. all this. Up, man. So you had him win the Royal Rumble and do all the post-match stuff to build to a match later? How much sense does that make? I mean, you have the guy win the Royal Rumble and point at the guy that he's going to face later instead of the guy that he's going to face at WrestleMania, which is what the Royal Rumble shot is for. That's literally what the whole thing is for. You pointed at the guy where he gets to ch- he gets to choose who he gets to face. He wins the match. He points at a specific champion, but that's just for that's just for later next year, man. It it, ain't, it don't worry this. You're like what? It's insane. So stupid, man. Um. So there was an injury angle planned for Cody Rhodes that even knew that even people who knew this complete story were not aware of how to get Rhodes out of the match and The Rock in. At the time, Punk was going to win the Chamber and face Seth at WrestleMania. Punk getting hurt changed everything, although they still had no use although they still had no use for a men's chamber as Rhodes at that point was still going to choose Rollins as his opponent. Yeah. Um they didn't they didn't do the Rhodes injury angle, and even though the angle, uh, which was from Paul Levesque using Rhodes to endorse Rock, worked perfectly, given the crowd reaction that night, uh, the social media reaction was enough 
that The Rock mm-hmm. wanted to go heel, and very quickly, WWE uh, subly pushed, uh, subly pushed uh, mm-hmm. for uh, subly pushed the new direction. Its largest social media star, Logan Paul, posted about We Want Cody. A lot of decision making was The Rock wanted to go heel. The idea from a WWE standpoint is that The Rock versus Roman Reigns will still happen at some point just down the line. Yeah, absolutely everything you did there just absolutely made no fucking sense. And I don't know how they thought they were going to get out of that one. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, dude, Meltzer, I meant, dude. Oh, he's the most illiterate. I hate reading his articles. You see how much sense none of that made? Not just off the booking stuff, but just off his fucking literature. Well, that man is really... How is your your literacy that bad, dude? Holy fuck. So, yeah, man. Um, So, yeah, that is pretty much... I mean... All of that makes no sense, and I mean, even nowadays, man, I mean, you know, WWE, they're still telling a good story, dude, but I'm sorry, bro. The Rocks, sports, um, innuendos absolutely made no fucking sense. No sense whatsoever. Um, Absolutely no sense whatsoever about the 49ers and the Utah Jazz. I'm not even going to go over them, but just know they've made absolutely... No fucking sense. And I don't know. I don't know, man. Weird. But I don't know. But that was pretty much, I guess, how the Cody plans went down, man. I thought it was really interesting how they, they say here that um uh Cody was told the day of the Royal Rumble the Rock was facing Roman Reigns. I mean if that does not give you an indication on how on how that storytelling just makes no fucking sense and i don't know what does i'm telling you man it makes no god i really have no idea they were really trying to scramble to get rock in there and it just didn't work no matter what um and they chose every worst way to do it and that one is easily one of the worst let's have a man win the royal rumble point at the guy that all the fans want him to face and not do it. Like, what? It doesn't, That's insane. That's insane. Yeah, this is the stupidest fucking thing. You, I don't know. Yeah, that's one. I don't know. That's one thing that's kind of just. It's making this story just a big bundle of confusion. I mean, it's just like the. It's just the rock, bro. Like, why did he have to just shoehorn himself? Like, we had a. Perfectly built-in story with Cody Rhodes here, and fucking here comes The Rock. It's annoying, dude. It's really annoying. But, according to CM Punk, this is an update on his injury. He says, we're looking at six to eight months, but I'm really in no rush to get back to racing. I'm in a rush to get healthy, just not, uh, I'm in a rush to get better the sooner I do it, the better uh, the better off I'll be when I get back. So, originally they told us four to six months, but what CM Punk is saying is, four, is, is six to eight months. Now, I don't know if he's overshooting it to make his return a little more uh, unexpected, but we'll just have to wait and see, man. But CM Punk is saying six to eight months is 
um, as to where before we heard four to six. So it's it's going to be interesting, man. And and I hope I I just hope he can he can get back as soon as as soon as possible. Exactly, man. I hope I hope so. I feel like it is. I feel like it's just a way you know to make it seem a little worse than it is. So you know when he comes back, well, oh my god, you know I really think that's what it is. That's guy type of guy Punk is. Um, he's a troll. In and out the ring. Some people aren't a fan. I am. Um, but that's what I think it is. But you never know, man. And I just, I hope the recovery is speedy. Definitely, bro. Definitely. Yeah, Bell. Oh, my God. The fucking rumors, dude. The Rock's going to face Triple H. Dude, are you people uh, fucking stupid, man? The and guy... he literally has a pacemaker in his chest, dog. Bro got a fucking arc reactor. Keeping him alive in there, bro. That man cannot wrestle. <laughs> what are y'all talking about? What the fuck, man? I mean, people are just so goddamn stupid, bro. Like, <sighs> makes no sense, bro. The man is done. The man put his boots down in the ring. He's not fucking coming back to fucking feed your fucking fetish of him versus The Rock for the power struggle. No. He's a pacemaker in his chest. It's not kayfabe. It's not a. I know some fans might think it's a work, knowing them. Oh yeah, you know, it's just a work, man. I had sir, I was in the hospital for like fucking a year, and put, put a pacemaker in my chest. It's just a work. Like, dude, they're doing any type of storyline. It's gonna be one where Triple H doesn't like The Rock, so he picks one of his favorite people, Seth Rollins, to face him to represent him, and you know his. Yep authority yep like that's that's obviously if they do anything that's what they would do we would get seth versus rock because seth is triple h's golden child <laughs> it's like come on yeah uh fucking ridiculous dude um ridiculous man um so Speaking of Roman Reigns, this is very interesting. PW Insider reports that one week before WrestleMania 40, WWE will broadcast a promotional video of Roman Reigns' career. I guess that gives you your indication, man. Um, I guess that gives you your indication he's probably going to be dropping the belt. But I thought this was going to be interesting because if The Rock's going to join the whole Bloodline stuff... Oh, if and if they're gonna do some sort of turn at Mania, I really wonder, kind of what this entails for. I wonder what this entails for his um. I wonder what it entails for for Reigns's uh for his whole uh break. How long he's gonna be out for? So it's gonna be interesting to see, man. Exactly, man. It's interesting. Um, that's kind of a little telling. I hope it is at least, and we'll see how it goes, man. That's interesting, though. Definitely, bro. Definitely, man. So, speaking of WrestleMania, um, Sean Ross Sapp at Fightful Select is reporting that LA Knight is being considered for a title shot at the U.S. Championship at WrestleMania 40. Um, 
I felt like this was the plan all along. I feel like this is what a lot of people thought was the plan all along. So it's it's nice to see, and I think he'll get it. I think so. I think so. I think that was the plan already. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they're just thinking about it, but uh, I think that's all. I think that's been the plan for a minute now, and I think that's what we're gonna get. And I love the sound of that. Definitely, man. Definitely. And with that, Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode, man. So, Bobby Roode has revealed while speaking to Chris Van Vliet that he is cleared to return to the ring. However, given his age, 47, uh, and his current role as a WWE producer, he is happy with what he's doing now. He did say maybe a one-off appearance could be uh, possible, but a full-time return just probably isn't in the cards. Damn. That sucks, man. Yeah. Fucking dude. Yeah. Um this this does suck, man. This does suck. Uh that half of his time on the WWE main roster had to be under Vince McMahon. And this man absolutely fucking Um This man absolutely fucking shit the bed. Oh god, that's awful. I just realized. Um this man absolutely fucking did no good, did no good with with Bobby Roode uh, while he was on the main roster, um, and uh, yeah, he he absolutely, completely fucking wasted him. He wasted him. He made him happy, Bobby. Um, in the beginning of his uh, smiley, glorious Bobby Roode, um, um, and he was absolutely fucking atrocious. And then he made him a dirty dog. And that's how he fucking chose to use Robert Rude. Oh, um, they the fucking dirty dogs. Uh, fucking awful, dude. I hated this shit, um, dude, so fucking much. Yeah, dude, it really sucks. Yeah, um, it, it does. It, it does suck, man. It, it does suck we won't get to see a glorious Bobby Roode at all because, goddamn, that could have just been fucking so good. Um, This man is my second favorite NXT champion of all time, and it sucks that he'll never really get to he'll never really get to um you know show that uh on the main roster fully and it does blow man but i'm glad that he is uh finding something that he likes to do in the future definitely man definitely it's really nice um that he found something he loves um as to be a part of and he'll be great in that role man yeah man and um, the WWE production changes, man. So we brought to you guys last week that WWE is going to be doing, uh, production changes. Um, they were going to be bringing a sports centric, um, uh, feel to the product, but we never really, um, went into what they were, uh, because we didn't know at the time, but now I guess we have a little bit more of an insight on it. So, uh, following Following uh, the removals of Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn, uh, WWE production is overgoing a as uh, undergoing a a uh, major overhaul, adopting more of a sports centric approach. This includes footage of stars entering the arena, increased fan shots, revamped backstage segments, and ongoing um, ongoing enha- um, enhancements. In the weeks ahead, 
Uh, so now that they, now that they say that, um, it, it does give you a, a lot more insight in. It does give you a lot more insight in kind of what, what's been going on. So, um, uh, now that they say that, it has made me realize that yeah, we have seen a lot more footage of like the guys you know entering the arena, and I, I mentioned it on Monday with the uh, Jackie Redman and r Truth segment. It felt very just sports centric and it felt very different and it felt very fresh. So um, it's something that it's something that, hey, WWE is the biggest wrestling company in the world. Um, So fucking why not throw shit to the wall and fucking see what sticks? And if it doesn't fucking work, then it doesn't work. Move on. Exactly, man. Exactly. I like that a lot. Uh, I'm always down for little elements like that. And I, I actually really like it, man. I like what they've been doing with all that. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. So, with that, for our final news story of the day, Bronson Reed denies his wife's pregnancy as a cause for him to miss the elimination chamber. He replied to a fan on Twitter and this fan uh, oh no never mind he didn't reply to anybody this was just a post on Twitter he says I'm assuming it was from online chatter that you know everybody would yes my wife is pregnant no, that is not the reason I'm not on hashtag WWE Chamber. Thank you for your concerns. Sometimes the stars don't align. So, normally I would be pissed because Bronson is my guy. I love Bronson Reed. Um, I love Bronson Reed. I think he's fantastic. Um, uh, even though this isn't the reason, he did kind of give a little insight at the end here. He says, sometimes the stars don't align. So I'm going to assume that there is a reason there, you know, his wife being present, preg, ugh, pregnant just isn't that reason. But I'm assuming there is a reason why, you know, the stars don't align. So I hope, you know, this isn't just booking stuff, but he says sometimes the stars just don't align. And, you know, again, I hope that means that. There is a reason it's probably just, you know, personal and he doesn't want to disclose it, which he doesn't have to. Um, so, you know, I'm all right with it, man, if there is a reason. But again, if this was just a booking thing where they just didn't want him on the card, that is absolutely fucking stupid. But Triple H has tried his best to get all the Australian talent. Indy Hartwell got a kickoff match. Grayson Waller, Rhea Ripley's on the show. He did his absolute best to get all these people on the show. So if Bronson was available, I'm assuming Triple H would have got him on there. So I'm going to assume that this is a Bronson thing, um, which sucks, but it is what it is. Exactly, man. Um, hopefully it's, well, not hopefully, but hopefully it's not. You know, they just didn't know how to book the guy, man. Um because I know, I mean, I know Triple H loves the guy, so hopefully there's a good explanation for this. And it sucks, man. I really love to see him in that fucking match, but um, there's always the future. Definitely, bro. Definitely. Um, so yeah, man, that is all the news here for today. 
that is all the news here for today, man. Um, and now on to the Elimination Chamber predictions. On to the Elimination Chamber predictions, man. Started with the kickoff match. This one just got announced. For the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships on the kickoff show, there will be uh, Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae versus the Kabuki Warriors. Uh, obviously, this is just something to get Indy on the show, um, as, you know, they didn't want to put her in the chamber match, and I do understand, because that chamber match is pretty, pretty stacked, um, uh, so, you know, Indy's, Indy's alright, Indy's alright, but I just didn't think she, uh, necessarily belonged in there, um, so, uh, Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae are going up against the yeah. Kabuki Warriors for the Women's Tag Team Championships, and, for this one, I'm obviously going to go ahead and say the Kabuki Warriors, Kyrie and Asuka, because why in the hell would you have the Kabuki Warriors lose right here? Exactly, man. I mean, you could always do a thing, or, you know, basically just the cause of it. But I feel like if that happens, it wouldn't be now. Um, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm going to give it to the Kabuki Warriors, definitely. For sure, man. And as for the next match, for the Tag Team Championships, we have Damian Priest and Finn Balor of the Judgment Day versus Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne of, uh, oh, they have some fucking weird... Tyler Bate gave him some weird ass name. I can't remember um, what it is, uh, but it's not. Oh God, hold on, let me see. It's like actually one of the one of the one of the worst tag team names um, I've ever heard. It's it's so stupid. Um, let me see. Oh yeah, new catch, new catch republic. republic. That's what it is. Um, bro, just fucking call him British strong yeah, style. Yeah. New catch republic. Like, dog, what are you doing? Yeah, that 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 name sucks, man. That name sucks. <laughs> and, and and I'm gonna be honest, dude. As time has went on, I am not really feeling the final testament. I think that faction name sucks. Now that we're on the topic of it's bad too news. much words. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just too much words. Um it's 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 cool, but I think it's just doing too much as a name. But yeah, that's that is true, Bill. It can't be worse than Bang Bang Scissor Gang or the Collision Cowboys or their fucking thirty other nicknames that they just rant off every week. But yeah, new catch for public. That's punks. fucking stupid as hell. Uh. <laughs> you really are, though. Um, okay. But, um, yeah, Judgment Day is definitely one of them. I mean, yeah. I don't think new catch for public is going to win this one. Yeah, 100%, man. Judgment Day is absolutely winning this. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go. Uh, my prediction uh, is the same as Logan's. I think we're going to go. Um, I think we're going to do Judgment Day versus Awesome Truth at uh, at WrestleMania, and I think R-Truth is going to uh, get the win over the, the Judgment Day, his his uh, his family members um, in the Judgment Day. So, 
yeah, but this is going to be a banger, and I hope this gets Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate um, some, some fucking well-needed spotlight, man, because... Tyler Bate is a fucking gem, and it's about time the, the world gets to see it, bro. And so is Pete Dunn. So this is going to be a great showing, but the Judgment Day is obviously going to win here. Um, so that is that. And um, the Grayson Waller effect with Cody Rhodes and Seth. Um, no really prediction here. Um, maybe, I mean, maybe there could be a bloodline appearance. I know triple H said, absolutely not. I don't want you guys to expect the rock to be here. Uh, but you never know. They could always, uh, surprise, you know, we get a bloodline and, and, uh, Cody and Seth, uh, little, uh, back and forth here, uh, whether that's the case or not. Um, I mean, we'd be fine without it, but it, obviously it'd be cool. Uh, for them to make a little appearance. But I think this is going to be cool nonetheless. Uh, it's going to be nice for Grayson Waller to get a little bit of a uh, hometown uh, spotlight uh, in Australia. And, um, and uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be nice for, for Cody and Seth to uh, get, a, get a little uh, showing as well. So, should be cool. Definitely, man. Definitely. He could be there. He could not. Um, I feel like if Roman's not there, Rock won't be there either. Um, and obviously, Roman's not going to be there. That would require, you know, work. But um, <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how they do that, man. Definitely, man. Definitely. So, the next match. The next match, man. They actually, uh, it is, I guess, confirmed that this will main event the show. Which I'm happy for Rhea, but... It is against Nia. I do get why they did it because, the, you know, Rhea's obviously going to be playing babyface and they want to give her, you know, insurmountable odds to overcome, which obviously, you know, that that being Nia Jax. This is an obvious Rhea. This is an obvious Rhea win. So, yeah, I mean, Rhea is going to main event, which, I mean, she does deserve it, but, um, yeah, so... Yeah, Rhea's gonna win here, and yeah, so she will. She will definitely pick up the victory. There's obviously no fucking way she's losing the belt a month, a month and a half before WrestleMania. Exactly, man. Um, she's in the main event. Uh, she's obviously gonna win. I mean, maybe it might be smart to put this in the main event. If you put this on for American audiences at four in the morning. They might fall asleep and miss the rest of the show. So you might as well put it on when they fall asleep. You know, show's already damn near over. So, <laughs> I get why it's the main event, but, like, still. Definitely. Definitely, man. So. So. The next match. The Women's Elimination Chamber match. This one is pretty stacked. And Raquel, um, I am absolutely going to stand on this. Um, I would have much rather seen Jade Cargill here. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't care. Oh, a million percent. Ra Raquel is one of the lamest people they got on the rock. That's <laughs> all she does, dog. Um, but other than that, I really like the, uh, women they picked for this match, man. Definitely, man. Definitely. So Liv Morgan versus Raquel versus Naomi versus Becky versus Bianca versus Tiffany Stratton. I'm very, very excited for Tiffany Stratton, uh, for this one. I'm excited to see what she can do. 
Um, I, I'm yes, I'm over the moon. I'm very excited to see what she can bring to the table here. She's a stud. Um, yeah, she's she she's gonna do fantastic, man. She is, she is a she is a stallion, bro. So um, uh, so. For this one, I'm going to go Becky. They've been building this up. This is an epic match. This is an epic feud uh, with Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley. Mm-hmm. So uh, it makes all the sense in the world. And, yeah, I think Becky. I think Becky's going to do it, man, and I'm pretty excited for it. Definitely, man, definitely. I think it's going to be an obvious Becky win. But I'm excited to see how this match goes, man, how, you know, how it plays out, man. And it's going to be great. Yeah, so... Yeah, man. Um, and for the last match, kind of, eh, it's an all right field. Yeah. It's an all right field for an elimination chamber. Um, we got Kevin Owens versus Bobby Lashley versus Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre versus Logan Paul versus L.A. Knight. I think we're gonna. I think we're going to build L.A. Knight and Logan Paul in here. I've seen Seth Rollins saying he wants to face Randy at um, at, at WrestleMania, but that's too bad because he's... Hello. Ah, there he he's is. There. there he is. God damn, bro. You, what you were, the fuck, dude? I, I looked up while I was talking about... I looked up while I was talking about this match, and I looked up, and you were looking right in the camera, all cockeyed. So, you this fucking internet. Goddamn, I thought I sound like someone else who knows this fucking internet, man. But, um, yeah, but obviously, I would have loved if uh, if CM Punk was in here. That obviously would have made this this perfect. But, um, I do think based off what Seth said. Um, you can add Randy as a dark horse, but I think Drew is definitely winning this chamber, man. I, I definitely think he he's gonna win it and go on to uh, face Seth at the at the elimin- or at WrestleMania for the World Heavyweight Championship. Definitely, man. Definitely, I think so. I think it's obvious Drew McIntyre win, and I can't wait to see how they do it, man. I think they could have you know done this you know feel a little cooler, but yeah. it's not a bad feel whatsoever. No. Um, it's going to be a good match, and they got stuff to build um, in this match, so it's going to be really cool, man. I'm excited, but it's definitely going to be a Drew McIntyre win. Yeah, dude, CM Punk mixing it up with all these guys, man. God, that would have been so fucking sick. Like, CM, <sighs> CM Punk and, like, Orton, and then if you add, like, Bronson in there, and then, like, obviously Punk and McIntyre, Punk and KO would have been nice, Punk and LA Knight, like, fuck, man, that would have been so sick. Uh, fucking injuries, dude. Exactly, man. He probably would have got injured in this match, to be honest. So, yeah, might be a blessing to the guys. <laughs> um, but, um... Yeah, man. So, that is the news. Or, um, not the fucking ball. That is the news. And that is the mm-hmm. Elimination Chamber predictions as well, man. So, again, we will see you guys tomorrow at 10 a.m. Yes, 10 a.m. in the morning. 10 a.m. Central Time. 
Central Time with the Elimination Chamber review. I'm super pumped, man. So I want to wish everybody a. Uh, I want to. I now hope everybody has a nice sleep through the night, and they are actually able to get some sleep and be awake during the show. So I wish you guys the best, man, and safe travels to you guys, man. Um, yes, I hope you guys get. I hope you guys get a good night's rest. It's gonna be rather easy for Bell, but it's gonna be a little harder for the likes of uh, Logan and and Gotti and myself. So it is, um, it is, uh, it's going to be a little hard, but I'm excited for it, man. I'm very excited for it. And with that, man, that is going to do it for this edition of the Notorious Hills podcast, man. This has been the news and the Elimination Chamber predictions. And again, don't forget, man, 10 a.m. tomorrow. So we will see you guys in about 15 hours or so, uh, 14 hours with the Elimination Chamber review, man. So we're, we're on the grind starting now. Um, um, <laughs> So, yeah, man, that is going to do it for this edition of the Notorious Hills Podcast. Once again, it has been always, always a pleasure for my Johnny Mayhem. And uh, Sir K. And that is going to do it for this edition of the Notorious Hills Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 202 of the news. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys. We love you guys so very much. And we will see you guys in about 14 hours with the Elimination Chamber 2024 official show review. See you guys then. Peace.